0: Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sideline. My name is Coach Larry. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Keo. Matt, how's everything going? I know you got midterms coming up at Canisius. Yeah. Those big... Uh, I know for me I I had to study a lot on whistleblowing 101 how to spin the whistle um I almost failed at my my freshman year how's midterms how's
1: college life going Oh college life is great I had to go swimming yesterday morning No not yesterday morning Tuesday morning lifeguarding course No No, no. just to swim to swim or? Well like it was like a it's like a game and sports class and they made us go swimming for an hour and 45 minutes Really Yeah Like, seriously swimming, or just, like, actually in the pool, like, playing games? go in the pool. We were supposed to play games. It turned out to us just, like, swimming laps and doing some lifeguard training, and, yeah. Wow.
0: I'm not going to lie. I'm so glad we didn't have a games course in the pool. I love teaching pool, and uh, I love teaching the swim classes. In fact, at our school, we've got a great pool, great uh, facility, but at the same time, every year, I dread the research for lifeguarding, the swimming, the, what is it, a 400- 400 meter swim, yeah. then doing all the extra or all the the rescues. Um, I think it's hilarious that they still make you swim the 400 meter swim, and then you've got to do all the rescues. Because when you know, if I see somebody drowning in the pool, I'm like, hold on, let me swim 400 meters first, then I'm gonna dive in and save you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It was stupid. So
0: I, I definitely do not look for. Towards the uh, research um, but we're we're glad to have everybody uh, listening out there, and we're going to come in hot with the first segment. Um, might be a little too soon, but the bills game against Tennessee um, field goal or touchdown, Matt, what would you do? you are you're inches away from getting four more opportunities to score uh, the way the game was going, Tennessee was, offense looked terrible in the first half. Second half, they figured it out. Um, you're in that position. You've got to make a call. It's fourth and what a half a yard, yeah. not even. Um, what do you do? Yeah. Do
1: you kick the field goal and play for overtime? Do you go for the touchdown? What do you do? I get that Sean McDermott said that he wanted to. His team deserved to go for it, you know, because they were playing well. But even if, even with Josh Allen, I say just kick the field goal and go into overtime. I just I just did
0: not support that idea. I tell you, I'm the opposite. I I loved the fact that they went for the touchdown. I get it, he slipped. I you usually make the, the half a yard, the yard. Um I think before that they were thirteen of fifteen every time Josh Allen did a sneak. Um I love the fact that they had the guts to go for the touchdown. I probably would have done the same thing. I didn't like the fact that they did the sneak. Um if you look earlier, I think it was um either late or early fourth quarter, late third quarter, where uh, I thought Beasley was in for the touchdown previous, and then they they quickly went to the line before they reviewed it, and Allen tried to sneak, and they got stuffed. They ended up scoring, I think, two plays later. But I just felt it was one of those games where your offensive line wasn't having its best performance. Their defensive line was playing pretty well. I would have liked to see them get Josh on the move, um, get him something so at least if, if a pass broke down or if a one broke down, they can at least get them on the move and have another option. Yeah. So I love the fact that they went for the touchdown. Um, I feel like in years past in other coaches, whether it was Marone, Jaron, we would have kicked a field goal. And in those games, we typically lose it in overtime. <laughs> so I love the fact that, hey, we're only, we're, we're four yards, five yards, whatever it was away from winning this game. Let's put it away here. Um, I just wasn't crazy about the play call.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. We looked like crap against the run. Let's be honest. And it was also the ref, though. I feel like there were some missed calls there that we just did not get, and I don't want to be that person that says that the ref missed some calls. I,
0: My biggest beef was, too, I mean, if you look at that, Isaiah McKenzie had the kick return right there. I get it. It's a hold. The guy, I mean, if you look at it, he did hold him. He grabbed, he grabbed him on the jersey or on the arm, but... Come on, it's 10 yards off the play. I get it, it's a penalty. Now, if you go back to, to Derrick Henry's big run, yeah. you can make the case that uh, Jordan Poyer was grabbed and it was a little closer to the play where he could have made the tackle. Again, I don't want to be that guy either saying, hey, the the refs were awful. The ref-. I didn't think they were horrible. I didn't like the fact that after every single play, they had to go in, huddle, talk like 30 seconds, a minute, right. and then call something. Yeah, You know, if you're if you're struggling that much with making a call, then it's probably not a penalty. Right. Don't throw the flag and then make it off. Yeah. I mean, okay, if there's something happened, if you saw it, throw the flag. Hey, it's offsides. It's holding. It's pass interference. Whatever it is, make the call, and there should be really no discussion. I don't need to sit there and throw a flag and then debate for two, three minutes. Um, This is why it is. Nope. This is why it is. I just make the call, and
1: that's it. Yeah, and you, no matter what, it's it's more of a discipline thing on the players and the coaching staff. Even if it was a bad call, I think you just you got to be aware that these refs are going to call whatever they think, and you just got to be more disciplined to not give them any reason to just throw the flag and make something up. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't – I mean – you. Henry went off. Henry, I think he had, what, 143, 153 yards, yeah. two, three touchdowns. Um, but if you look at it, yardage-wise, you take away that big touchdown run. I think they did a decent job in shutting him down. Maybe I sound like a bit of a homer here, and, oh, they didn't. But I thought, you know, they they beefed up their line. They took out Epinesa. They took out Basham for bigger linemen. I get it. Um, I was a little confused in why you take out Epinesa. Basham, I get it. All right. Yeah. He's, you know, rookie. Epinesa, I thought, has been having a fantastic season. And you have a weaker offensive line in Tennessee, and Buffalo didn't get any pressure. No. And you can't tell me that having Epinesa on that end maybe couldn't get you another sack or two or three or any. Um. So I was a little miffed about that. Uh, but I, other than that, I just, uh, I thought it was more of their play action that killed us. Where especially in the second half, they were using Henry more as a decoy so that they could get those cheap yards, that those cheap five, ten, fifteen yards, yep. of AJ Brown. Once yeah. he caught, once he caught uh, fire, um, I thought that was the big turning point in the game.
1: I don't. I don't think we've played a team yet that's been dual, like both like in passing and rushing. I think we've faced teams that either like. We have all the – like with Kansas City, obviously we had to cover the secondary with Tyreek Hill. Like we we knew that they were a throwing team. Um, I'm trying to think of any other team. that I mean like – but like with Tennessee, they just knew that that was like our plan was to stuff the run. So then they abused it and it showed. Absolutely. I mean they um, – like
0: I said, I don't want to think they – I don't want to say they used Henry as a decoy because they – he wasn't just a decoy. I mean, he, you know, you get 143 yards. You, you have a pretty great day. But um, right. they definitely uh, got beat a lot of times because just the simple yards. And and Henry was a threat. Uh-huh. Where Kansas City, their running back, wasn't a threat. Uh, uh, Edwards alaire was not that big of a threat. Um, any of the other games, they really didn't have that threat. Th- uh, that I think, really, no other team has that threat like Henry. Um, I mean, even if you look at big backs like uh, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, he's a threat, but they're, you're still not just specifically game planning to shut him down. Yeah. Um, Elliott's not going to win games and take over games just on his own.
1: Yeah, Derrick is a huge dude. I did not realize that until watching the game how big this man is and the way he's able to run the ball. And it makes sense now how he's able to just push people off. Guys, what like six two six three? He's a big boy. I'm not tackling him. Like two hundred, like two hundred something pounds, and just screw that. If he's running at you full force, <laughs> get out of the way. Like, and Micah Hyde, I give Micah Hyde a lot of credit when he, it was just him and 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 Henry, and he just like goes down, and he was like, I'm just gonna get hit, but I just want to <laughs> slow him down.
0: Oh yeah, well that's why even uh, you know tra- or. Uh, Derrick Henry always says, you know, when guys tackle me, I want them to make business decisions. You know, yeah. I want them to, hey, if you're going to tackle me, I'm going to make you pay. I'm almost going to hit you harder than you're going to hit me on this tackle.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I think the only person on our team that had, like, the capacity to actually inflict the same amount of hit was that when we stuffed him behind the line and Tremaine Edmonds comes in and just, like, clocks him right at the end. That's, like, the only comparable person on our team that's, like, of his size and stature. That could, you know, hit him and actually get him down. Oh, for sure. And at that point, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a great
0: play. I thought uh, Edmonds made a solid hit. I was kind of hoping he would have jarred the ball loose. <laughs> so did
1: I. So did I. I don't know. We just, that McKenzie run pisses me off because it was such a great run. And I feel so bad for Isaiah McKenzie. He he ran 101 yards back and then has to get it pulled back because of a holding call.
0: Yep. And um, it was, I mean, you can even, they they showed his face or whatever, where he doesn't see the flag until he turns around, he's celebrating, guys are telling, no, it's it's, it's coming back.
1: And then he's gassed after that, too. Oh, for sure.
0: Just one of those games. But uh, again, for me, though... Early on in the game, if you don't get stopped in the red zone, if you m- even make one of the turn one of those field goals into a touchdown, it's an entirely different game. And I thought it was it was a classic game where, obviously, in the first half, Buffalo was by far the better team. I mean, really, in the first half, Tennessee only had that Derrick Henry touchdown. Um, it was, but it was one of those games where you kick a field goal on the first drive, you kick another field goal, you just by kicking field goals, you let Tennessee hang around hang around, hang around. They started off on fire a great, um, you know, they, they stopped Tennessee, force them to punt on five plays, go down. If they score there, you're up seven. You intercept them on the next drive. You know, you could have easily been up 14 nothing in the first two, three drives, and you're talking, and it's an entirely different game. At that point, it kind of takes Henry out of the game a little bit because you can't really ground and pound as much as you want but instead you get 6 you get two field goals again it's still a one possession
1: game it's no big deal yeah, i was i didn't watch any of the first half cuz i was getting an mri done so i was like i was out of it and i get out of the mri machine and the first thing somebody tells me is like this is what the score of the bills game is and i was like it's 3 to nothing and i was like or like and i was like so i was like wait like i don't want it to be this close of a game like when you hear like increments of three, you're just like, oh dang, like, yeah. it's too close. Absolutely, and Buffalo's offense,
0: especially the opening drive, looked fantastic. And then they got inside that red zone, and it was like slow motion, like it was just they went, I don't know, they went to. Uh, and what I thought, what I didn't like too, and I'm going to be a little biased because I've got uh, Devin Singletary on one of my fantasy <laughs> teams, but in that opening drive, even the opening two drives, he was running so well. I mean, he had one where he just, you know, he. It should have been maybe a four yard run and he turned it into a ten, eleven yard run because of his second effort. He was running, 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 and then all of a sudden they put in Moss. Yeah. I get it. You want Moss to be your your short yardage back, but he wasn't he didn't have it today. He didn't have it that day. I thought, you know, keep Singletary. He was making some good catches out of the backfield. Moss had a few drops even in the game. Just ride Singletary. He wasn't killing you. I believe his yard per yards per carry was pretty good. Um, but he was he was hitting holes, and he was getting positive yardage. Moss, a couple times he got stuffed. He wasn't finding the hole. It just wasn't his day. Not saying he's a terrible back because he's a great back, but at that point, you know, if you've got two backs like
1: that, Singletary was off to a
0: good start. Let him keep going.
1: Just yeah. lean on him. I mean, I think it's a little hard because, you know, usually you look at a team like Kansas, not Kansas City, Tennessee, and their only running back is like Derrick Henry. Like a lot of offenses, Derek. The only there's a lot of teams that have the guy that runs the ball, like, and it's usually like their halfback. That's it. We are like in a predicament where we have we have Singletary, who's like more elusive and quick and like able to get more yards. Then we have Zach Moss, who's just small, compact, and can like just it's kind of like a fullback, but like he can run better. And like, so the problem we face is like, who are we putting in? How are we rotating them out rather than just having like you're the guy that runs the ball? Do your thing, it, so we we have the like we always like shoot ourselves in the foot and be like oh we're gonna take you out even though you're having a great game to yeah. see how he does. I mean l-
0: hey let him ride you know and yeah. if they wanted if they wanted to see all right who's having the better let let Singletary finish that first drive right you want to see how Moss is doing put him in for the second drive hey Singletary that first drive he's ripping off four or five yards of carry Moss you're getting one or two yards of carry. We're gonna ride Singletary. You're gonna do spot coverage. Something. I mean, right. I, I thought we could have changed up a little bit that way. Um, I thought early on we maybe went a little too run heavy in the first place, and we could have, you know, they had a banged up secondary. Um, why not take advantage of it?
1: We got the we got the weapons. The thing that, as you know, we on on your fantasy team have Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley hasn't done anything for us and of course this first this game when we don't have him playing he gets a touchdown like this like this is his first touchdown of the season like Cole Beasley has been a dormant person on our field yes yeah. it's, it's only been Sanders and Diggs and Knox
0: and like I said I thought he should have had another one he should have had yeah. that second one that was for whatever reason and then you've got and that brings it up to another point where Come on. They ruled it a first down. You can see the referee pointing first down when Josh Allen got it, and then all of a sudden, you no know, two referees come in. Oh, it came from upstairs. I feel like that's the excuse. It came from upstairs. Right. Just you had to put it back a half a yard. You couldn't stop, keep the initial spot that you had, and then review it from upstairs if you want. Yeah. That way you have to find conclusive proof to move it back. So I thought that was a little... A little gutless, and again, I don't want to be that conspiracy guy. <laughs> oh, it's the NFL. They want Tennessee to win. They want Tennessee to win. They want Tennessee to win. Uh, they don't want Buffalo to win. I don't think it's that. I think it's just, I mean, it's sports. you got to deal with the good calls. you got to deal with the bad calls no matter how long you play it. stuff Calls are going to go your way one game. Calls are going to go the other team's way the other game.
1: All I know is that that Tampa Bay game is going to be rough.
0: I can't wait for that Tampa Bay game. I it's really be can't. So
1: rough. And I'm not gonna lie, I
0: think that's really their only test the rest of the way. I like the fact too that it comes. I think it's what week 12, week yeah. 13. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it comes towards the end of the week, or sorry, the end of the year. That way, you know, it it kind of hopefully carries that momentum into the playoffs because I think they're gonna beat uh, <laughs> Brady's old. Rear end to the ground.
1: Yeah, you think we're going to be able to beat Tampa Bay. I think we beat Tampa Bay.
0: Wow. I think we beat Tampa Bay. I think we, I'm going on record. I've said at the beginning of the year, I think it's going to be a Buffalo L.A. Super Bowl. A Buffalo Rams Super Bowl. Um, I think Tampa Bay is, they're just, they're going down. I think last year, last year I said this too, I didn't, I'll be, I'll admit it, I'll admit it. I did not think they were going anywhere near the Super Bowl I figured they'd maybe sneak into the playoffs at best yeah uh, losing the first round hey I was I was wrong but I just don't see them going back-to-back championships I don't see but uh, it's Tom Brady it is Tom Brady I've had enough of Tom Brady just retire (laughs) he's not gonna retire just retire Uh, don't you want to hang out with your family your kids your something just come on retire
1: no, I I think I think the NFC Championship game is going to be Rams Tampa Bay. I can see that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Whether or not whoever wins that game will go into the Super Bowl, um, it's a different story. And I don't. I could also see us playing. I was going to say Kansas City again in the championship, but Kansas City is looking like dog crap right
0: now. I still see us in Kansas City in. I don't see who else do you see coming out of the AFC? I could see maybe the if it's not Kansas City, I could see San Diego. But I think San Diego's defense is going to falter. And I think that was a big you you saw that last week against the Ravens. I I or not say did I say San Diego? Sorry. Yeah. Former San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. Um I I think they've got a fantastic offense. Um I just don't think they have a championship defense. I think they have a defense that is just, they're maybe a draft or two away from being a legitimate threat. You know, you get some more linemen, you get some more cornerbacks. Um, They're, they're a draft or two away or a free agency period away from really building up that defense and then becoming the Kansas city, the Buffalo threat of winning the AFC.
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, if Kansas city gets their gets their like, you know, their stuff together and, pull out games again then yeah i can see them playing but they look so bad right now yeah i mean and now you can say the same thing with kansas
0: city their defense is horrendous as well in fact their defense is probably worse than san diego um but i i think you've got uh you've got a lot of good teams in the afc i still think cleveland can do something uh i don't i'm not one of those where i think they're an awful team because they're not they've got a better defense than offense yeah um you've got san diego or los angeles who's a big threat baltimore i could definitely see a buffalo baltimore um i'd be fine with that i that would be fantastic i'm hoping it's in buffalo but uh if anything i mean both cold weather teams so whether it's whether it's in baltimore whether it's in buffalo right um hopefully it'd be a nice cold weather game for the afc championship um so i could see either of those teams I don't know. Something about me still says that Kansas City is going to get it together. Even if their defense can play mediocre, um, I think they still have enough talent to win. Uh, San Diego on offense, you know, great offense. Los Angeles on offense. It doesn't matter. The Chargers on offense. But you've got uh, Herbert. It's just... I still think they're another year or two away from really competitive. I almost think they're kind of like Buffalo was last year. Had a great run, had a great, you know, great, good story, but it was just like you could tell Buffalo was just, they yeah. were there, but
1: they weren't quite there yet. Well, I completely forgot. What about the Cardinals in the NFC? They're the only undefeated team right now.
0: Have they really beat anybody, though?
1: I don't know. And I'm not saying it's because of J.J. J. Watt either, because let's be honest, it's not because of J.J. J. Watt. Um, or else, you know, the Texans actually would have been something. No, uh, I'm so glad that J.J. Watt, and looking
0: back on it, I'm glad that he did not come to Buffalo. I don't want him. No, I, I'll be honest, I kind of wanted him to come, but if he comes to Buffalo, I don't think we get Greg Russo. I don't no. think we make that first-round pick. I don't think we pick Boogie Basham, and I think both of those players— especially Rousseau, I think both of those players are going to have great careers and a lot longer. I mean, J.J. Watt, you're going to be lucky if he's got, what, two, three more years?
1: Unless he pulls a Brady.
0: Unless he pulls a Brady and he's playing till he's 75 years old. Um, but no, I think uh, you've got two great young defensive linemen, and that's it. I mean, look at Buffalo's D-line. You've got um, Epinesa, second year in the league. Uh, you've got... Um, Basham and Rousseau, who are going to be good defensive ends. You've got Oliver, who's this is his third year, third, fourth year in the league. This is his last year of his rookie contract. So, I mean, you've got a very young defensive line. Um, I think they pick another D tackle in the draft this year. Because Star, I think, has done fantastic. But Star's on the older side. Star's 30-plus.
1: Yeah, Jerry Hughes is also out of there soon.
0: Jerry Hughes, I have a feeling this is his last hurrah in Buffalo because I think his contract is up at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, I would love it if they could sign him to another year or two. I think he's still playing uh, top-end minutes. I think he would, too. I think he would. I think he would. I think he and He was one who came He came from the Colts, I believe. Didn't we pick yeah. him up from Indy where he was a top or, or a top pick and just – needed a change of scenery, left Indy and... and kind of
1: like Stephon Diggs.
0: <laughs> like Stephon Diggs, absolutely. Not that he really did bad in Minnesota.
1: No, he just needed a change of He scenery. just
0: needed a quarterback.
1: Yeah, he needed a quarterback and he needed a franchise that actually respected him.
0: Absolutely. So I would love it if Hughes came back. I think that could be where Buffalo just says, hey, this is a business decision type of deal. We want to go in a younger direction, but I would definitely love him back. Um, He's the longest tenured Bills. Absolutely. Hey... I still say bring Kyle Williams back. Let him <laughs> come Williams back. Let him come back. Let him uh let him go for a Super Bowl run with the Bills. If
1: we had Eric Wood, do you remember Eric Woods? Yeah. Who sadly had to stop because he had a neck like had neck problems. And he was only 8 years in the league, yeah. 7 years in the league. He was a great center. Absolutely. I think
0: I mean if he didn't have that that neck injury I could still see him he still on that playing. offensive line. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I think he's he would be what thirty five, hey, he thirty three, thirty four, yeah. mid thir- mid thirties. I think he could absolutely still play. And he was when he had to leave, he was still playing at a good level. He yeah. was still playing at a high level. Yeah.
1: So who do we just, have? Who do have? Mitch Morris now. Mitch Morris. I'm a fi- I'm fine with Mitch Morris though. Don't get me wrong, but it's just you know Eric Woods was a good he was a good center I yeah. would have kept and him. and
0: Woods I mean with those two guys either one of those guys could kick into guard if they yeah. needed to so they're both they're both very uh position flexible yep so whether we started Wood and kept Wood in center and or uh, moved Wood to center kicked Morris out to guard um you know, we've got a lot of good ideas. We should send these over to the Bills and you know, see about uh, you know joining their coaching staff. You I know, want, I don't want to join the coaching <laughs> staff. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be knocking down our doors. Oh, In yeah. fact, I'll be, I'll be holding my breath waiting for the email to get invited to uh, next
1: year's coaching staff. Oh, dude, I would not want to be on that coaching staff. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would love to be on that coaching staff. I, don't know, I just don't want the Pagulas to be my boss. a
0: hey. Listen, as long as they stay out of my... Which, that's why I think, and we'll talk Sabres in a little bit, I think the Pagoulas have just kind of, they're, hey, we've got our two guys, we're going to let them go. Okay. I think when it comes to the Sabres, I wish they would find their guy. Hopefully, Kevin Adams is their I was guy. I at
1: least they got a coach that can actually coach hockey.
0: Yeah. I'm. I, that's I, a plus. Absolutely. And who knows, maybe they just, hey, Kevin, go do your do thing. Do your thing. Um, hopefully that's that's the case and hopefully they can stop uh shooting themselves in the foot and we don't have to tank another year cuz we know we know how well the tank went you know the last time we did it where Jack Eichel now wants out of town.
1: Jack Eichel is also in rehab. So
0: <laughs> let's not let's <laughs> Jack Eichel is not in rehab. Rehab versus neck.
1: But, but no um what was i going to say nobody wants him anyways like trade wise no but so, we'll we'll
0: see. I mean, hey, I wouldn't want to give up what it's going to take. They're saying, you know, uh draft picks, uh young prospects, a lot of draft capital. Why are you going to give that up for a guy who's rehabbing a neck injury? A guy who may not play, who may not play, you know, depending on how that surgery goes,
1: if he gets it, if, he if he gets, he gets it. Surgery.
0: I mean, yeah. he also hasn't played. It's been what going on close to a year now since yeah. he's last uh, laced up to skates i 'm sure he 's still going to have a great career or has the potential to have a great career, but at the same point i mean come on you, i don't i 'm not giving up that much for him and he 's got a big contract he's he 's making does. what a ten eleven a year something yeah. like that
1: for hockey that 's a lot
0: that 's a lot of money I know right. for you know in football that usually pays for what a punter yeah <laughs> special teams <laughs> but no he 's got a big contract and I'd be I'd be weary. I'd be like, Yeah, this guy's great. He's got good rep he's got uh you know, he was good two, three, four years ago. What has he done lately besides get Sit hurt? Down, yeah. You know, it's it's tough.
1: He's young still too.
0: Absolutely. And they're off to a three and zero start. And that I doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but you know what? <laughs> um I love the fact though that Granado is getting these guys playing in the spots and playing the type of hockey that they're they're Used to playing, he's not trying to make uh, Darlene a stay-at-home defensive defenseman. He's letting him become creative. He's letting him do what got him to be the number one overall pick. Um, He's letting his players play to their strengths. He's not. He doesn't come in with a system and saying, "Hey, everybody's got to play this way. We've got to play this way. We've got to play this way." He's using his best players. He's using his players best attributes and he's coaching around them and he's putting them in positions to do well. I think uh, it shows a lot with uh, Oposo too, where he's off to a great start, having a bit of a career resurgence and hopefully continues.
1: Uh, I think it's all about building team chemistry too. I think if they didn't have a coach that they don't respect or like they don't understand, then the team's not going to play well. And we haven't had a coach that actually knows what he's doing in hockey for a while now. So maybe maybe this is a turning point. I hope so. Um, I'm
0: still not going to go one of those super fans. Oh, they're going undefeated. They're going to win 60 games this year. They're going to the Cup Finals. It's our year. It's our year. Oh,
1: we made it to the Cup Finals. We'd get clapped 100%.
0: Listen, if we made it to the Cup Finals and got clapped, I'd take that at this point with this season. I, don't, I came into this season thinking that they'd win maybe 30, 35 games.
1: I thought they were going to be – I thought they were going to – I mean, they've already – excelled my expectations. I thought they were only going to win like three games and everything else. is going to be losses. <laughs> so that'd be what, a three and three and 79 season. Yeah.
0: I didn't think they would be that bad. I thought they'd be closer to like 30, 35 games. Um, maybe, you know, if you get to 80 points, all right, it's a great season. Right. But um, no, I think it's, I think it's a combination of they're playing better hockey. I also think it's a combination of they've got a, you know, a bit of a easier schedule to start. Um, so whatever it is, hey, if we can rack up a few, if we can still make it competitive where maybe we're not in the playoffs come February, but we are have a decent shot, we're on the outside looking in, we're maybe at that ninth spot, tenth spot, that we, hey, we're only five points out, we're only four points out, something, I'd take that as a good sign. We've got a young team. Um, Who knows? There's a lot of top-end talent they're saying in this draft this year um but i i i don't want to tank no. i don't want to go back to having to root for Arizona to come in and beat us i don't want to have to root for Chicago and and cheer for Chicago when they score a goal late in uh in the game to
1: keep it out of overtime so we don't even get a point a little win I don't know, you've always been like at those games. All I know I have like when you go to a Sabres game and you're in that like tank mode now and you'll sit there and of course every time you want them to lose they win. So you're sitting there and every time the Sabres score you boo and every time the other team scores you cheer. I was like it's such a it's such a weird it was my mom's first ever Savers game that I took her to <laughs> that was in that kind of atmosphere. And she's like, why is everybody booing? And I was just like, because we want them to lose. But they clearly don't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just – and that goes against everything a athlete stands for. Yeah. At, at, at any level, even at the modified level, JV level, high school, any level, you would never as an athlete go in, well, you know, it would probably be better for the standings if we lose oh, today. Yeah. Guys, just go out there and play 50% effort. Don't get hurt and just eh, make it look like you're not trying to completely lose.
1: Right. Move around, but don't actually touch the puck. (laughs) Just look like you're following it.
0: Just look like you're a hockey player. Just
1: attempt to be a hockey player. I'm going to go get a sandwich. I'll come back in 10 minutes. (laughs) But
0: so that's a little Sabres, little Bills talk. In fact, I think that's the most Sabres talk we've done on any
1: one of our podcasts. Well, I mean, the Sabres just started, so. True. Yeah, true. The season just started. Just started. Hopefully, it's going to last a little bit longer this and, year. And the tickets are stupid cheap, so I mean.
0: I think, what, as, as low as 12 bucks? As low yeah. as 10 bucks? I
1: love hockey games. I don't care if they're losing or not. I'll pay 12 bucks to go see the <laughs> Sabres play. Absolutely.
0: Um, I'm also going to come in hot here, and this has just been an annoyance even coming in today I had to stop on the road because somebody couldn't just pull into their driveway they had to stop traffic to back into their driveway for no reason whether it's your driveway whether it's parking spots can you just pull into the spot I get it if there's a legitimate reason where you got to back up if you're at at Home Depot and you're backing up because you you know you're going to bring in some drywall or some lumber into your truck or whatever and you need that back part of your truck free that's fine, but come on, there's no reason you need to pull in your little Toyota Corolla into and back it into a spot when you can just pull in, just pull into the spot. That way you're not stopping traffic. And not only that, and I love it, if you're going to back in, if you are going to back in, make sure you can do it the first time. Don't pull up, then back in. Whoa, nope, I messed up. Pull up again, back Nope. Oh, still couldn't do it. Let me pull up again. Let me make you wait five minutes until I know. Okay, yes, ten minutes later, I'm into that that, uh, parking spot. If you can't back up, definitely don't back up into a parking spot. Just park so that I can go into the store, get what I got to get, and go out. Because I hate shopping in the first place. I don't want to be there any longer than I have to be. And I don't want to go in there already mad because your dumb butt couldn't just pull into a parking spot pull into the parking spot. Wow. <laughs> that's that's a little coming in hot hot take for me. Dang. That, that was a lot. But I just why? What's what's the need for it?
1: Because they just have to pull in so I can easily get out after I'm done at Chuck E. Cheese's.
0: But is it really worth easily getting out when it took you twice as long to get into that spot? Oh, people don't care about other people. Not even you. But I wouldn't want to do. I'm I as a driver when Especially if I know I can't park in the spots, uh, uh, sit there look like an idiot, so I can save an extra two
1: point five seconds when I leave. If it if it's like an almost like say you're going to Target at like midnight and there's nobody in the parking lot, then I understand if you want to practice. But if there's other people's cars around you, I don't trust myself at all. Yeah, I don't want to hit anybody's car. Yeah,
0: just. Pull into the parking spot. Yeah. And if you're going in at Walmart midnight, are you really uh, just going sideways? I don't care. Par- pull up three, four parking lanes. I don't care. Go into Walmart. Oh, and what are you doing going into Walmart at midnight anyways? People watching. Are Wal- Is Walmart still open? Do they still have the 24-hour Walmarts, the 24-hour stores?
1: Um, You know, everything changed after the pandemic, so I don't know. I want to say they're open till at least 11. Maybe it's not bad, no, but I mean, but it's not 24 hours like it used to be.
0: No, I and I get it sometimes. There's those emergencies that come up. Hey, I need uh, whatever, I need to get uh, Coca Cola or something. I don't know, but uh, do you really need to go shopping at midnight, at one in the morning, at three in the morning?
1: I mean, I think it's more, I mean, I guess like say if you're traveling, then yeah. Say, like, if you're, like, going somewhere like, and you're traveling long distance, I understand that. But, like, if you just, like, live 15 minutes away from Walmart, there's no reason for you to justifiably go to Walmart past 10 o'clock. I agree. Yeah. It's not like, I could do it tomorrow, but I don't want to. Yeah. Or you just get, honey, I'm going
0: to the store. Like, why? Why? Oh, you know, I want to beat the lines. It's one thirty in the morning. I don't want to hit traffic. I want to be able to park back into my parking spot. Well,
1: it's like it's like um, it's like Black Friday. That's the only time I ever go shopping like late, and I do it more for fun, not for the deals.
0: Black Friday, I, I think I think COVID kind of killed Black Friday shopping. Thankfully, I think it's done more online now. I think it was slowing down, slowing down. I oh. The only time I'll do Black Friday shopping is if I look and be like, "Oh my God, there! That is an incredible deal. I can save 150, 200 bucks, whatever. Right. I need that item, or it's going to be a great gift for somebody." Um, then I, then I, I bite the bullet and I go Black Friday shopping. But I'm not. I'm forget Black Friday, Black Thursday, Black whatever Cyber Monday. I'm not a shopper at all. So I try to do all my shopping or most of my shopping online. I worked Black Friday once Ooh. in retail. Ooh, that's a sporting event in itself.
1: Yeah, it started Thursday it started Thursday night and then I worked 11 hours straight that following day. Um it was terrible. <laughs> it was it was so it was so like scarring to my head that I refused to ever go Black Friday shopping, but the year before that I went Black Friday shopping. Dressed as an elf, and my friend was dressed up as Santa Claus, and we were running through the Galleria Mall at like two o'clock at night. I was that kind of person.
0: (laughs) I got no comment for that.
1: (laughs) Oi, oi, oi! Don't go Black Friday shopping. No Black Friday shopping. Appreciate your cashiers. Um, end
0: of the years coming up quickly for fall sports, which means end of the year banquets. Um i love i I love end of the year banquets, but at the same time I'm not a fan of end of the year banquets because of the end of the year trophies you got to give out the end of the year awards and just the speeches that you got to give out um and matt you know me i've always i've never really had a problem speaking in public never really have but for whatever reason when i am going up there to give my speech talk about the season, give a recap whatever um I just I start with the um and yeah we um had oh, yeah, um, a great guys. um and every I I don't know what it is I don't know if it's all the parents just looking at me if it's uh, just a different environment and I've got I've given speeches before and I've never had a problem but for whatever reason at end of the year banquets I turn into just I start looking at the floor or looking up at the ceiling or just <laughs> my eyes are darting. I, I get extremely nervous and I have no idea why. Um, and also I know at, at, for our team, we do JV and varsity together. We'll give certificate awards, you know, to each one of the teams. And then we'll do typically three trophy awards. We'll do an MVP, um, a bulldog award. Uh, we've done offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year before, uh, we've changed up, but we usually do rookie of the year, MVP and bulldog. And, every year you usually have, usually for me, I struggle with the MVP. I struggle with all of them, but at the MVP, I'm looking like, all right, it could be this person, but it also could be this person. But then if you look, well, this person's a great defender. Well, this person's a great mid. It's just, you're trying to figure, you got, usually got about three or four people where, man, I could give it to either one of these people. Um, I just, I like it because you give the person who have, eventually gets it you give them recognition but the other three it's just like man i i I could give it to you and but then you don't want to be that team where guess what there's five mvps this year because then it just dilutes the trophy the meaning of it so um thankfully uh you know i've had the last two years i've had jamie uh who's uh you know, we've come together and figured out this person, this person, this person. That's so it's much easier easier to do it with a, with another coach helping you out, giving you the words. Um, and can I stop and say congratulations to Jamie Rapel. Uh Little Dominic has now entered the world. Uh, he was born um, uh, either early Tuesday or late Wednesday. So little Dominic is entered the world. He's healthy. Jamie's uh, recovering. Um, so Dominic, I'm sure he'll be on the soccer field as soon as Jamie can get him out there. He'll get his pair of cleats. He'll be ready to roll. Um, so congratulations, uh, Jamie. Um, we hope again, everything continues safe sound and can't wait to officially, uh, meet Dominic and we'll, we'll see him on the soccer field soon enough.
1: So are you, you've taken over then? I assume
0: Uh, I've taken over. I started, um, was it last Friday? I officially started, uh, took over. I did the, um, the practices. We finished our game. We finished our regular season game against Niagara Falls, which was on Thursday, and then I took over on that Sun. or that Friday for practice. So I ran Friday's practice. Um, practices this week. We have our sectional game um, tonight, actually. So uh, we'll be leaving for that in a little bit. And Where we'll, is it? we'll be ready to rock. We're going to Pioneer. Okay. So it is going to be. Uh, now, this is Pioneer coming from Kenmore East. So it's yeah. going to be a long 50 hour hour or 50 minute hour bus ride.
1: You're right. um, what time are you leaving?
0: We're leaving. Uh, I think the bus is leaving at around 415. And we're <laughs> the game starts at six. I'm hoping to be home by 10. 10:30. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. I'm gonna. I I really think it's gonna be um, an awesome game. I'm really looking forward to it. it. Might
1: be a wet one too.
0: Could be a wet one. Could get some rain. Um, Those but fun. but we're we're looking forward to it, and I think it's gonna be uh, a great game. Good. So we're we're excited about it. Uh, I know my captains, um, Maria and George. Uh, they're <laughs> excited about it. Um, We've got another captain, Brooke, who is banged up, but that's how how much of a captain she is. She's still even coming off of ACL surgery that she had about a week ago, give or take. She's still going to come on the bus ride, the long bus ride. She's still going to be there on the bench, uh, I supporting you were about her to teammates. Say she's
1: about to play. I was she's like, she's oh, not going to play. She's I was like a week out of ACL surgery. She's
0: not going to play. Although I'm sure she's going to be fired up to play, but she's she would be she'd be on the field if she could. But she's gonna be there. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Um, you know, we're we're coming in as a six seed, pioneers, a three seed, and we're gonna be ready. You know, we've been. Uh, we don't know all that much. I don't know all that much about Pioneer. They're in the ECICs, um, from what it looks like. You know, they've had a solid season. I think they're nine or ten wins. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys, do you guys, have you guys played them in Clarence? Or were they one of your ECIC opponents or not really?
1: Not that sound, nothing that sounds familiar. Okay. Um, but I know, cause I know you guys
0: play them in basketball and other sports. Yeah. But
1: I think that was, I remember hearing about basketball more, but we're, we're looking forward to it. And that brings us to our, another
0: part, uh, sectionals. Um, you know, it's always been, or before it's been where you have to win to get in. You have to have at least a 500 record. Um, they've changed it over the last couple of years. Where it's been almost like an open tournament, Um, and I know they've done that in a lot of sports. um, Where it's, you can either have go undefeated and make it into sectionals, or you can go no wins, one win, and not playing, or and play in sectionals. Um, What's your thought about that? Now there, now you do have the option to opt out of out of sectionals. So if you did have a Uh, zero win team or zero win season or a one win season and you decided hey we're just we don't want to have another game we're done and there have been a few coaches that have opted out of sectionals over the years Um, so you do have that opportunity but what are your thoughts on it being an open tournament or it being hey you've got to
1: have a 500 record or you've got to finish top four in your league or or what I guess see the problem is with that like distinct cutoff it can get a little murky, especially if, like, you have two teams that are, like, very kind of close and record-wise, and then you have to, like, make, like, that decision of, like, who gets in based off of, like, you know, like, maybe, like, more home home wins, home losses, like, stuff like that. That the, Those kind of technical things I don't like. I say if they're, like, really close in record, let both of them in. But I don't think that it would be beneficial to have it be an open tournament because you know say you're you're, you are like closer to the top of the of the rankings and you get paired with the team that like played maybe uh, like one maybe like one or two games and they're still as like you look at that as okay this is an easy win and the people who are you know obviously no wins an easy win but it's a little mismatched, you know, like you're a very top tier team playing a very low tier team. It's like a D one football team playing a D three football team. I mean, there's a possibility that the, the lower team can win, but I just don't think it would be, I think it's more of an entertainment and uh, competitive factor. If you have two well matched teams playing against each other, that's where like, if you have to have 500 or better to get in because you're all kind of in the same playing field, it's a little more equal. Absolutely. And I mean, as a, as a player, I was, had very
0: much the same mindset, but like, listen, if if you've got zero wins, why are you getting into sectionals? I know back when I was a player um, playing in Niagara Falls, we didn't make sectionals because well, we didn't win games, Um, I told you my illustrious varsity career, uh, zero wins in four years, Um, but we, we didn't win games and we didn't earn the right to play in sectionals. Um, as a coaching standpoint, as a coach, I've kind of flipped a little bit. You know, um, you—it's nice to have another game. It's nice to get your kids some playoff experience because I do feel there is a there definitely is a difference between playing in sectionals, playing in the playoffs, as opposed to playing a regular season game. Um, you get that win and you're in uh, mentality; that lose and you go home and you're done. Um, I definitely think it is good. I, as a player in high school, I would have loved to have that um, that feeling a little bit. But um, as a coach, I, I feel like, you know, uh, you've got the different classes. Hey, any given team can beat anybody. And if you're the number six or the number three seed, we're the number six seed. If we come in, it doesn't matter our record. If we knock you off, we knock you off. Um, it's almost like in the playoffs, you know, the eight seed can beat the one seed in the Stanley cup playoffs or, or has, you know, you, you get that wild card team that comes in as a six seed now, even as a seven seed and makes that run all the way to the Super Bowl. Good for them. You know, if you're, if you're a top seed, if you're a top team and you're that much better, well, prove it, right. beat the, beat the eight seed, beat the 16 seed, beat the, the lowest seed that you've got to play. Um, and, move on to the next round. Yeah. Because eventually when you get to the semifinals, when you get to the finals, you'd like to think and 9 out of 10 times it happens where you usually get the top 2 teams or 1 and 3 or yeah. 2 versus 4. There's usually in any bracket, there's four teams where you pretty much know, hey, there's a 90% a strong chance that these four teams are going to be in the semis, these two teams are going to be in the finals depending on how competitive your league is so it usually works itself out
1: right i don't know uh i i i, I don't like i also would just be more like because i definitely could see how say you weren't doing very well but you got offered a chance to go in it's also a sense like oh, we got to play against these teams like we're just going to get demolished anyways and get kicked out it I, I would never deny my players, like, the chance to play if they wanted to, but I'd be conscious. I was just like, I don't want you guys to, like, go in here and I'd, like, get completely obliterated. Like, that wouldn't be fun. Like, yeah, we made it to the playoffs and we got annihilated in the first round. Very true.
0: Um, but if it's, you know, if, if that's the case, if you're – you've probably been getting annihilated Anyways. all season long. Right. So, um if you're that low of a seed and facing that high of a seed, I doubt you're.
1: You're going in was like this is going to be great.
0: Uh, yeah, I doubt you're going in. Hey guys, I know we've gotten you know our average loss has been by 20 points this year, but we've really got a chance against this team <laughs> who has been destroying teams by an average of 10 points a game. You know, so it's uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's it's great competition. Um I know our girls are looking forward to it um so in fact i'm gonna correct myself earlier. I said uh when is our game that it's later you know tonight i'm looking at it I'm like, and i don't know how you didn't catch it, but like if we're filming at four thirty right now at night um how are am I gonna be able to catch the bus at five? so our game is tomorrow at uh and the bus is leaving at around four four fifteen. And our game is tomorrow at Pioneer at 6. So let so just uh, I, 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 I it's one of those days. It was a long day of teaching today, a long day of practice. In fact, we had to cut our practice short because the girls had their powderpuff game. And girls, if you're listening, if anybody gets hurt in that powderpuff game tonight, I'm going to be <laughs> I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be happy. You're not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be furious. Um, you had if- powderpuff this late. I feel like that's late. They had powder puff, yeah, their homecoming uh I don't their homecoming I think was last week or two weeks ago, wow. for whatever reason, uh powder puff is tonight at um uh, seven six seven o'clock, um so the girls were you know they had well, coach, we've got powder puff tonight, can we cut practice short? can we cut practice short? all right, listen, let's start a little earlier, so I had to sprint from uh sprint from work. Get there. We usually practice around 345. Today we started at 330. Let's get a practice in at 330. We'll stop it at like 430 um, so that we can – so that we – that will give you girls enough time. Now, afterwards, they told me, like, well, what time do you have to be at Powder Puff? Oh, we don't have to be there till 6. You've got plenty yeah. of time to get there. You never tell them that. Yeah. And they, hey, they made sure to tell me that afterwards, after right. the fact that I already changed practice and the day off. So they were smart about it. But I'm like, girls, even if we finished at five, you couldn't? No, well, we have to do this. We have to get our
1: jerseys ready. We have to do. All right, fine. It's, it's like that one kid that's like you're sitting in math class and at the end, it's like, you forgot to take our home. And you're like, <laughs> dude, shut up. But hey, it's good. We got to come in here and
0: film earlier today so that I can actually get home and eat uh you know to go me- watch the
1: powder puff game
0: I don't know I think I I I might swing by depending on what time we're we're done wrapping it up I might swing by and and catch maybe a quarter or two of it I've never seen a powder puff game um we we did powder puff but it wasn't that big of a deal and in fact i think uh during my junior and senior year we always had a game a soccer game on powder puff
1: right so we never really
0: uh by the time we got back it was usually done
1: i think we yeah i remember going to like coming back from a game and powder puff was going on like we'd get dropped off at the high school and i was like why is everybody here And it was always it's a powder puff game yeah i remember that now
0: so that was never uh, and I know the football players they become the coaches, yeah the, the, yeah, the then che- you got the, the boys are the cheerleaders, seniors. um for Kenmore, they do it uh, they just do junior seniors, I know some like i think yeah. I think Clarence, don't they have a sophomore freshman game and then a junior senior game? I,
1: when I was at Clarence, we had a junior senior, okay, but I think it might be different now, yeah, I think some schools and i
0: I think uh Sarah uh my stepdaughter was saying that she I thought she did it. Freshman or freshmen sophomores went against each other, and then juniors seniors. Um, so it's, some schools have have gone the whole thing, but Kenmore still does just juniors versus seniors. I think it should be juniors versus seniors. I agree. It
1: gives it gives people to look forward to something.
0: And here's the always always the conspiracy theory and all my girls. Uh, you oh, know, is it fixed so the
1: seniors do win? Like
0: Jane and Chloe, the juniors, they would always say, "Well, coach, we're gonna we're gonna beat the seniors this year," even though it's fixed, even though we know the seniors always have to win. We're gonna make sure that it's you know it's we're we've been practicing we've been practicing we're gonna we've got the best plays we're gonna make sure that juniors kick the seniors butt and but they're always the fix is in but we're gonna make sure that the fix doesn't get in we're gonna beat them we're gonna so
1: do they always do they lose? Uh,
0: from what I've been told, um, and I think this happens at a lot of schools, you might get the occasional junior win, like every three or four or five years, just so to prove, well, see, the juniors won. Six years ago, the juniors won. Five years ago, yeah. But um, our
1: girls seem to think that it's fixed. Uh, but I, I, think it is fixed. But I obviously I didn't play in the Powderpuff game. But the girl, my junior year, our girls beat the the seniors, and it wasn't it wasn't a conspiracy. Like everybody says that the game was fixed, and we beat a, the seniors in a fixed game just because our our. My junior class was so much more athletic than the senior girls that even in a fixed game, they could just outplay the people. And like, So they destroyed the seniors in a fixed game. And then the following year destroyed the juniors when they were seniors because, again, they were just that athletic. Like, we're going to beat you. We're going to beat the referees. We're going to beat everybody on the field. Like, I found out. And I was just like, how did they win in a fixed game? Like, the pa- calls, no matter what, they just – they were – they looked flawless. <laughs> so that was like, I think that was the only time that it wasn't like they gave it to them. It was like, they genuinely wanted the seniors to win. And it's just, they could just not do it.
0: <laughs> you know what? It, it's, it's good fun. I always, I always thought the, the powder puff, um, it was a, it was a great idea. I think, you know, it, I'm, it's,
1: I'm glad that it's still a thing. And a lot of no, schools. absolutely.
0: I think, in fact, I think more and more schools are doing it. I think it's kind of getting more and more, uh, uh, better right or recognition
1: i think the only struggle was was like having like the the guys as cheerleaders because <laughs> they they wanted to like see how far they could push the envelope and um i was just informed that my the at my high my former high school they were the guys were finally allowed to do their their routine for the first time in like 10 or 15 years really yeah since like two like early 2000s because of the last time they did it was so um inappropriate risque yeah so inappropriate that the, t- the school is like nope you can show up and you can be on the sidelines but you can't do a routine <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know your routine is inappropriate when it's not only just gotten you in trouble but it's gotten future <laughs> school years in trouble like nope that's it you're Done for the next decade. And
1: it happened at the pep rally. It didn't even happen at the game. So it happened at the pep rally before the game at the school.
0: Oh, jeez. Well, hopefully nothing like that. Hopefully there's <laughs> no bans um, from cheerleaders or, or any players at the game today. But uh, you can always tell. I mean, even the girls are, are saying that the trash talking between juniors and seniors oh, yeah. has been uh, amped up this week. So
1: I think that's fun. And, like... Uh... If I was like, like, if say if I was like the like a, the phys ed teacher there or stuff, I would definitely not, you know, maliciously, but like I would feed into it. Just you know, I oh, think absolutely. I think that kind of atmosphere is great. It's like it's harmful, just like banter and stuff yeah. like that. As long as you're not going out there and making any threats
0: and making, right. you know, oh, I'm gonna take this person's knees out. I'm gonna take this person. Like, you just know, don't I'm gonna,
1: grab by the just... ponytails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's I think it's fun in any sport. You know, we talked about this before. It's, it's always great to get a little trash talking in there, even if it's just a friendly pickup game. It shows that you care. Absolutely. It shows that you care, and it just it makes the game even that more interesting. Um so, but yeah, we're looking forward to playoffs, uh to sectionals. Um what's your thought on playing home versus playing away on sectionals? Like I know at Clarence, you guys, I'm sure, usually had the home games, at least in the opening rounds, because you guys were usually probably the number one or the number two seed at least, going in. Um, but what's your thoughts? I know usually in the semifinals, in the in the finals, it turns into a neutral site game. Yeah. But uh, what's your thoughts on playing home versus playing away in playoff games?
1: Um, I think it all... Uh, it could be an advantage if you have, like, a good fan base. Depending on the sport, though, say, like... Like, I know for football, I guess playing at Clarence would definitely be very kind of intimidating for the outside team for soccer or like for a sport other than football i think you know you have like your parents that show up and stuff but not a lot of like the school body shows up you know true so like the less popular sports don't have like that public um and uh public crowd coming in it's mostly just parents and stuff but i think as a player it um I think you want to like, you know, protect your turf kind of thing. You don't want to get like beat at your own home field. But um I think it I think it might provide an advantage if you have like the right setting. Yeah.
0: I know uh you make a good point. I know for me though, I always liked um in any situation, playoffs or regular season, um I I don't know what it is in me. I always liked being that underdog or I always liked going into somebody else's stadium, especially in the playoffs um, or sectionals or a tournament going into your stadium and beating you on your turf, um, especially if we're, if it's a game where we're not supposed to win. I just, I've always been that type of player. I've always been that type of coach where you just goes and it, it just fires me up a little more. You know, I like being that guy, especially as a player. Scoring the goal and quieting that crowd, and like yeah. that'll shut you guys up for a little bit. And not only that, but then doing it again or making a big defensive play or just something to quiet that crowd down. I don't know. For me, that always just as a player, that always gave me that extra bit of juice that I needed. Even as a coach, I've used it a couple times. Like, hey, we're going in there into. We'll say Pioneer because we're playing Pioneer tomorrow, but we're going into Pioneer. They're not expecting us to win. They're expecting us to just, you know, they're expecting to roll us. They're expecting to this game to be over by halftime. Let's go in there. Let's shut them up. Let's make them earn this victory. Um, And just to make just to get them fired up a little bit. Uh, So me, I always loved playing on the road. I loved it. I get it. It's fun winning at home. It's fun winning with your crowd, especially in a big game. I know we had the, the East-West game. Uh, we had it at home this year, um, and it was, you know, we got the W, and it was great to see the the fans. Uh, the, the stadium was actually pretty full. The bleachers were full. Um, so it was great seeing the students get fired up. It was great seeing the parents get fired up um, and enjoying that rivalry. So that was fun winning on your home field. And I know you have home field advantage because – you know, um you know how the turf plays, you know the dimensions of your of your field, you know you don't have to worry about, well, their field's a little smaller, their field's on grass, their field has divots or imperfections, if you will. Um so I get it, there's a there's a great advantage to be at home, but for me, I just I loved playing on the road. And that bus trip going back from that road game is so much fun when you upset a team and when you get that
1: that victory, yeah. I I I think I I'm my favorite my favorite kind of field was like like the neutral one where both teams had to come together. I think that just added because you I never I never experienced playing on it, but I remember going to like watch a game at a neutral field, and it was I don't know I just had like that sense of both teams were walking into unfamiliar territory, so it was just. There was no advantage. It was just you played, it was whoever won was based on your play. You couldn't say it was oh, it's because they knew the field better. It's like oh, they knew um they uh, they practiced here before, or they they were at their home field. It's like no, it's like you all walked in in the same stadium. You don't know what to expect, and I think that was just like all right, we're on equal playing field. Whoever wins just is based on skill. It's not you can't say it's attributed to anything else. Oh, for sure, I love it. Have you ever? Have you had that
0: neutral field experience where you just go in and be like, "All right, we're no no excuses now." Have you had that that neutral site game, big in the sectionals?
1: I've I've um I've witnessed one watching it for. I remember it was after I graduated, but a buddy of mine his his brother was playing in I I I don't know if it was. I think it was like a semifinals or something like that. And they were in some neutral field and it was like I could tell that I was like, All right, like here's our fan base, here's that fan base. Like both traveled here. Like nobody's like, Oh, I live right down the street. No. Like we we, we both traveled here. Both teams were playing and so it's like, yeah, okay. They they don't know what to expect. For for me it was more
0: uh as a player I had more of that experience during um Travel soccer, you know, during the weekend tournaments. Oh, yeah. You know, where you'd go, uh, whether it was having the tournaments in Fort Niagara, the Niagara Pioneer tournaments, going out to uh, Gate Chile I would have theirs. Um, especially when you're going out to tournaments like in Rochester, further away, where you just go in, uh, whether it's a round-robin tournament, whether it's a, a bracket, a, you know, winning you're in, move, or winning you go on, losing you go home type of deal for tournament. Um For me, I I I did enjoy those tournaments. Like you said, it's uh, not only is it a neutral site game. Not only do you a lot of times you don't know those fields, especially if you haven't played on them in a while, but you see just so many different opponents from so many different locations. Like I remember the first time, I think it was U fourteen, maybe U. I think it was U fourteen where we're playing at a Rochester tournament and we're playing teams like Rochester, Gates, Chile. We're playing a bunch of teams out there that we had never, never seen before. Usually when you play local tournaments, you're still seeing the Wilsons that you play during the season, uh, the Niagara Pioneers that you're playing during the season. Um, You're still seeing some, not all the times, but you're still seeing more of the local teams. You might get the occasional uh, team from Syracuse, the occasional team from Rochester. But when you go to... Um, another, you know, uh, a further away tournament, you're seeing teams that you have never played before. I think for us that year, it was we the only team that we were sort of aware about that we had played, I think not that season, but the year previous, we met them in a tournament, was um, Wilson. They had gone to the same tournament. We didn't, we didn't end up playing them, but we just happened to catch one of their games. They were in a different uh, bracket than we were, a different round robin. Um, we advanced to the knockout stage. They didn't, so we didn't even come in contact with them, but it was just like, wow, this is a, uh, we've never played on this field before, never played these teams before. We have no idea what to expect. Um, it was kind of exciting because it was just, Hey, we're going to go out there and play our game. Right. It, it's, it's either going to work or it's not, but we were, we're going to see, you know, we have no idea what to adjust for. Let's kind of make those adjustments on the fly. Um, and I think we ended up uh, we ended up getting knocked out in the semifinals, um, in the knockout stage. So, but it was a
1: it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I remember two tournaments that I played in. I played so I played for Akron Travel instead of Clarence just because I don't know why. I knew more people in Akron, so I was playing that. And Akron has like their kick at first tournament, and the fields are right by my house. And I, I remember we were playing a team. We had to play a team from Canada, and I was it was weird because you know we're used to playing um, we're used to playing like South Buffalo, uh, Lackawanna, um, other places. Not even Clarence because Clarence was way too good for our team. <laughs> uh, they were straight up that this team that I played for was bad. We had good players who just played bad. But yeah, we played a team against Canada. We played a team. We played a Canadian team, which was weird. Um, You know, on our home field, and we still we still lost because those Canadians, man, they can play soccer, I guess. Um, But I we played in a we played in a Clarence tournament, and nobody played Clarence before. But I was playing against my fellow like school teammates, like so I I knew these people, like I knew this field because I played house league here (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you had a little bit of an advantage so i was the away team but yet still had like that home field kind of feel because it's like i know this field like i know these players like i know their tactics like i know like get the ball away from these people which felt kind of you know i felt kind of like betraying or like that like that that spy for the other team because like you had the inside info
0: you had this you were you were the scouting report
1: exactly like i would be like all right guys this is what we're gonna do and like their coach was an old coach of mine so like i knew his coaching style too it felt weird and kind of bad and we still lost it's all right (laughs) no absolutely um i I love it.
0: Like I said, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've already got some of the, uh, some of the things that I'm going to, I've been working on my, my pregame pep talk, um, for tomorrow, but it's, uh, and it's funny. The only reason, and one of my kids brought this up at practice today. Now, Matt, if I say, you know, guys, don't go out there and
1: lay an egg. Do you know what that expression means? Like, uh, I want to say it's just like, don't go out there and like, go out there and just like stand around sort of like, don't go out there and just play bad. Don't go out there and stink.
0: Don't go out there and and drop it. Okay. So last year in a game, uh, during a game at halftime, we were, I think it was, we were either up one, down one, whatever it was was close game. Uh, Jamie's going out. Jamie's giving her, her notes. I'm giving my notes. And at the end, you know, we're getting ready to, to bring it in, you know, um, right before the, the end of the half. And um like, all right, girls, you know, let's go out there, finish. You've worked hard. And just remember, don't go out there and lay an egg. And every I get the, huh? Like the everybody just right. turns and looks. And I'm like, don't lay an egg. Just play hard. And they're all, okay. So I become, and at the end of the year, banquets, I get the don't lay an egg award. And I'm explaining, yeah. like. What do you mean? And I'm asking parents. I'm like, has anybody raise your hand parents if you've heard that expression? I kind of get the oh yeah or yeah. I'll get some of the older parents, but so of course at practice yesterday I get one of my uh, you know, one of my players, Gianna who comes coach and make sure we well, remember we're not going to lay an egg at sectionals tomorrow like all right, you know, like you're lucky that our, you know, that uh you know, we've got sectionals coming up where right? I'd make you guys do so many wind sprints and <laughs> yeah. just um and it's so I'm like, all right, maybe I should uh maybe I should think about what I'm gonna say so I don't just totally if we're at a close game, I just totally don't kill the vibe.
1: Don't be flabbergasted. Be don't be like, flabbergasted. huh Oh, come on, you young whippersnappers! Let's go out there and finish this game. I mean, you could also throw them off their game if you shoot out something that they have no idea what they're talking like <laughs> you're talking about. Then you're just like going back out on the field. It's Like, what does he mean by this? Like, am I am I being flabbergasted like, right now? And you get nutmegged, and you look at the coach it's like, did I just lay an egg? Like, what did this mean for me?
0: But it's no, so I get that. Um, so that kind of made me. <laughs> and it's funny because. Jamie and I, have, and we've had this talk um, again, this is, this is another fantastic season where I've had the the unique opportunity where I was supposed to coach JV. Uh, I was the JV coach then two years ago during the pandemic, we didn't have enough players for a JV team. So Jamie was nice enough to, to move me up and let me be her assistant for varsity this year, obviously, because um, you know, she was, uh, she was pregnant. I uh, wasn't sure how long she was going to last this, this season, we made uh, the choice again. I was able to move up and be varsity's assistant with Jamie as well, which has been tremendous because for me it's been it's been a ball because there's some kids on these teams that I've literally coached way back in seventh grade as modified. I mean, uh, Maria, Annika, uh, George, our goaltender, Chloe, I think I had since eighth grade, um, and others. It's been tremendous because I've not only got to see them progress from modified – to JV, to varsity, and I think a lot of coaches don't really get to to see that progression. Sometimes you'll get a player who you'll have for four years on varsity as a freshman, but you might not have had on JV. So it's been awesome, and I can't thank Jamie enough for giving me that opportunity, but some of those those kids, you still get where they just, not only do you know them as a player, but they know you as a coach. Right. They know all the the these silly, dumb jokes that you're going to make. They know all and they've heard all those pep talks that you're going to give. So you kind of want to keep them on your toes too. And in fact, uh, I think it was yesterday at practice, I came in and some of my girls will say, well, you know, we can tell when you're grouchy, we can tell. So I came into practice, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And um, I was, you know, yelling a little bit. And sure enough, my forward, Jane, uh, just looks at me, coach, did you have a bad day at work today? And I'm like, no, I was fine. Just warm up and but it's something that they they know by just saying that they'll get me to laugh and everything will go back to normal right. so it's uh it's been a ball. it's been a it's been a ton of fun coaching them this year and um I'm really looking forward to winning tonight so I can coach them uh, or not tonight tomorrow tomorrow. I keep saying tonight i've got tonight on my game on my mind uh, but okay. the, uh coaching them tomorrow so that we can um you know have another another couple practices and yeah. and it's it's gonna be fun pioneer we're coming for you and uh hey that's all right they won't hear this episode till after the game anyways that's so. true that's true <laughs> unless you like
1: you send it to the coach after the game send it to like coach listen to this audio <laughs>
0: But no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game, and that's why I I do love sectional sectional playoffs. Um, as a coach, it just it it gets you on another level. Yeah, you it gets get you, you get stoked. fired up.
1: Absolutely, the Bill Belichick in you comes out.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, except, except no cheating. We're not deflating any soccer balls today. No cheating. No, no spying. No videotaping no spying, practices. No spying. Don't worry, Pioneer. We're not. We didn't send somebody to practice uh, to your practices all this week. And you know and that. Videotape. You know that
1: player that you had that is not like now like has COVID. Yeah, that's not <laughs> anything we That wasn't.
0: That wasn't from us. We're not. No sabotaging. We play fair. All right. Um Matt, we're gonna get into our hot seat round. Our hot take, seat questions. Take my
1: microphone
0: off. Uh oh, Mike's going or right, Matt's going uh Mike in hand. He's ready. He's ready to rock. All right. Uh, question number one. And this can be this can be somebody who's been your coach, somebody that you've watched coach in sports, so professional, college, whatever. Uh, a favorite coach that you again doesn't just a, a coach in general. Uh, That that you look up for. For me, I've got two, and I'm going to get slack on both of these, I'm sure. For me, just because, and this wasn't the reason why I started wearing the fedoras or the hats or anything. Is it Tom Landry? It is Tom Landry. I'm going to go style wise, I'm going to go Tom Landry. I just love the hat. I love, uh, you know, and again, that's not why I got into fedora, wearing the fedoras, but I just, I love that fact. And I'm going to catch so much slack for this one. I love Marv Levy. I thought Marv Levy is a great coach. But for me, growing up as a kid, I always loved Don Shula as a coach. Really? I, I, I don't know why. I just like the way on the sidelines that he carried himself. I liked the fact that he was on the rules committee making the rules. Just I I, I had a lot of respect for him. I thought he ran uh, the Dolphins really well. They were our, our, you know, big rivals back in the nineties, early two right. thousands, even in the eighties. But it was just I don't know. I just I I, I had a lot of respect and and thought very highly of Don Shula as Isn't a coach. is no he dead now? He, did, he like died a couple of years I ago. I believe he passed away, I think it was two years ago, maybe three.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. He, he was the undefeated season, right? He was the undefeated. Okay. Uh, only coach to go undefeated. So th- those are my two. I'm going to say Landry and Shula. And again, I, I, I love Marv Levy too. Marv Levy just looked like that everyday, average Joe guy that could d- just... Just would go out there football. and coach. Yeah. That he, he looked almost like, almost like your grandpa who would just get up,
1: blow whistle, and hey, I'm going to coach you guys, and that's it. I guess mine would be Vince Lombardi. <clears throat> the, the guy, the guy, basically his his love for the game and stress for the game sent him to the grave. Period. Yeah, the way he worked and the way that he just committed most of his life to the game of football was the reason why he died from I think it was I think he had like a heart attack or like he had like some kind of like he had a heart attack I think and then he also had like some kind of like chronic disease but I think it was because he worked himself so hard like did you ever (laughs) did you ever watch like the NFL film stuff like how it was like um like the story of somebody yeah yeah I, I, I watched the Vince Lombardi one and it was like an hour and a half and it just like showed him just like yeah he never left the the he never left his office. <laughs> he never did.
0: <laughs> no, and that's I feel like, especially back in those days, you had to be. You had to. Those were the guys that were literally would have a couch in their office, have a bed in their office because they're yeah. if they're not watching videos, they're going over plays, they're going over this. If you're on a coaching staff, you're that from uh, what September to whenever the Super Bowl would wrap up back in those days or AFL NFL championship.
1: Yeah. Your that's your life. You're there like 20 hours a day. Except for Vince Lombardi, it was every day, 365 days. Yep. But, all right, so some great coaches there. We're
0: going to go into not necessarily your favorite band or favorite music, but favorite musical either age or genre. For me, 90s grunge. 90s grunge. And even uh, after practice today, I was listening to it on the way here to the studio Uh, listening to some uh, Alice in Chains, I just, 90s grunge, even to this day, it still does it for me. It gets me fired up, not necessarily, but just gets me in a good mood, Um, whether it's Nirvana, whether it's Smashing Pumpkins, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Pearl Jam. I just wasn't necessarily a fan of the look. Um, even though it's whatever it is what it is, it wasn't really a look. It was just more of, hey, get out of bed and <laughs> whatever. But for me, 90s grunge, that that would be my favorite musical genre.
1: I guess like 80s pop.
0: Okay, I could see that. I could see a lot of people. I, I feel like 80s is either you love 80s or you hate it I 80s. love the 80s. Any, Love any the eighties, any certain bands, any certain groups, and just just the whole genre. Like you really
1: can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. Anything that gives you like just like that eighties kind of vibe, like you know, kind of like, like you're rolling down the street with Marty McFly kind of vibe, like <laughs> that. That those songs, like any song that gives you that kind of feeling, I vibe with. I like it. I like it. I feel like the the eighties definitely had
0: its own little vibe, its own little. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I'll, de- I'll deal with the 80s music. I like it. Again, a lot of people 80s. give me grief for liking the 80s. Listen, the 80s was—we're never going to see a, a generation like that again. It was just its own, especially it, the style. You had the big mall hair, yep. the big—it was—it was definitely. Um, looking back on it, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, why
1: were people wearing that stuff? Same thing with the 70s. <laughs> Same thing with the 60s. You look back at it and just like, huh. Oh. Like, that was cool, really.
0: But (laughs) all right, 80s and 90s, I like it. Um, all right, again, we're not for this one, not necessarily talking about the style of house. So, the house, I don't big house, small house, doesn't matter. But where would you rather live in the country, city, or suburbs? Um, you know, you, you get your house, not necessarily the house of your dreams, but the whatever style of house doesn't matter. But the location, are you going country? City or suburbs um for me i'm gonna go country i i don't I'm, I don't want to be way 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 out where you know the nearest person is forty miles away country, but you know I'd like a little bit you know more of more of the land more of where you're not on top of you know your next neighbor isn't right on top of you isn't right on top of you you know you've got a little bit maybe a, an acre two acres of land. Um, you've got a little bit of space and you can do whatever you want with your property if you want to put a big garden in there you want to put a big uh you know make a put a soccer net back there and and shoot uh you know the ball around whatever you have an, a nice chunk of land where you can do what you want however you want have a little bit of privacy but at the same point maybe be like you know five ten fifteen miles away from you know going to uh, a little bit of a location so I, I i guess for lack of a better word maybe like a
1: suburb country type of feel so are you saying like like you can still go to like walmart and stuff and it doesn't have to be a day trip yes okay. yes so maybe
0: you know instead of being in the city where you're you can walk to walmart um you know it's maybe a 15 20 minute drive to okay. walmart okay so it's the kind of out Country feel,
1: but not country. country. Not small town. No, two hundred fifty people. We're talking country, not country. Okay, not country. Okay, okay. I probably would do the same, just because I want to have my privacy and not have to worry about other people necessarily. And as as much as my girlfriend loves the country, I think she might disagree with me on this because she wants to she wants to live in Hamburg. You know, stay in that area. It's like I kind of want to move more towards like. Pembroke ish area. Like, you know, I could see that. Like, it's still, it's not like country, country, but you're not like really kind of close together. Yeah. There's have, more There's more fields. There's more, like, spacing. Absolutely. You yeah. have a bit of a, you know, space. Like you said, if you want to have, you know— So uh, if I fart with the windows open, I don't have to worry about my neighbor right next door. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have a little bit of, you know, where you can have a big bonfire out in the yeah. backyard. You can have like some that. people over, and you don't have to worry about, like, being too, like, loud.
0: Yep. You can have people over for the Bills game. You can get a little raucous instead of uh, having that that neighbor above or whatever right. or neighbor below. Hey, knock it off. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's all right. I can definitely see that. All right. Question number four. Favorite vacation spot. Favorite vacation spot. And again, um probably somewhere you've been. Like not like a hey, I've always wanted to go here. I've always so favorite vacation spot. Where you've gone. Where you've gone. For me, and we try to get there um at least once uh or twice a summer. Um Lake Placid. I, I love, I love yeah. the area. Um my I'm wife uh uh, got me turned me on to this we started about uh, she's been going there a lot longer in fact uh, her childhood she grew up uh, she would go uh, summers spend her summers in the Adirondack area Lake yeah. Placid area Um, so we've been doing it I think the last five or six summers now uh, where we go there at least once sometimes twice a summer and I love it it's uh, you get the whole Obviously you've got to do the whole where you see the, the, the arena where the miracle on ice happened. Yeah. Um but just walking up and down there in Lake Placid itself, it's such a nice just little area. It's got nice mom and pop shops going up and down. Then you've got uh, you go a little further down to Keene uh Keene Valley or other areas where you can do your hiking. Um uh, we've done a couple of the peaks. It's just it's fun. You get on the water, you know, you rent a boat, you get on the water, you do some tubing, um it's it's a lot of fun. You get kayaking. I love it. You know, we usually go there for anywhere between uh, five days, sometimes ten days. It's a little bit of a trek. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really love driving right. up there. I think it's six six and a half hours to get up there. Yeah. Um, so the car ride can be uh, almost a vacation, almost a, a, a vacation in itself. Um, but it's um, I love it when you get there. It's definitely worth the trek. So for me, Lake Placid. Mine's and, Ellicottville.
1: Okay, so kind of like this, uh, almost like a similar feeling. Yeah, I just you know it's a ski place. You don't. I, I love the winter, so obviously seeing it in winter time is a different kind of like feeling. Very but, true. I mean, I went there, down there this summer, and you can like go up on those hills and stuff still, and walk around, and like it's a, still like a small town with mom and pop shots down Main Street. It's it's close, it's tight, but it's it's small and it's it's. Not like it's still in the wilderness. Like you have to, it's a pretty drive. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's not that far away. It's like maybe forty five minutes. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say about that. Maybe
1: an hour tops.
0: Yeah. Um, great location. Oh yeah, I like it. Great. And then the best thing too about uh for me for Lake Placid too is you can go drive a little bit, maybe forty five minutes, and catch a ferry, and you're in Burlington, Vermont. Right. Which Vermont, uh, I love. In fact, we've there's a nice little pizza place, Fiddlehead Brewery, who's got a Felino's Pizza. Okay. Some of the best pizza you will ever have. Oh my god! I
1: want to make my way up to like the New England states sometime. Yeah, and it's just not only that, but even the
0: drive. Once you get around there, it's so pretty.
1: That's what I've heard. It
0: really is. I mean, that's half of the. That's half of the. Like you said, even with Ellicottville, just seeing the scenery. Yeah. That's that's part of the beauty of it.
1: Yeah, it's a piece. It's peaceful. Yes, it's yes. not like driving down like highways through cities and stuff. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And even just the whole time there, you can just reflect, just relax. Yeah. Even just sitting out on the on the on a back porch or on a port on a dock or whatever, just that in itself. Yeah. Is is fun. All right. So favorite vacation spot. I like it. Um last one, and this doesn't have to be travel at all, but biggest thing to do on your bucket list that's left. Not something that you've already done. Like for me, I've already done my biggest thing before was going skydiving. I did that about 4 years ago, 5 years ago. Um was scared out of my mind when I did it, but so glad that I did it. It was amazing. But that previous was the biggest thing on my bucket list. Um so biggest thing though that you have yet to do that is still on your bucket list, but it's it's at the tippy top of that bucket list to do. For me, I am going to I'm going to say travel and um it's to go to Italy, yeah, I mean I've always and I've gone overseas, I've gone to Germany, I've gone Switzerland, I've gone uh, France, and said in fact we're doing France um, uh, later this year uh, to celebrate uh, Vicky's birthday. We're going to do that to December time um, we're I've done uh, Switzerland, which was amazing um, so I've done the europe uh the overseas travel, not a ton. But, you know, enough. And Italy, for whatever reason, I haven't gotten there. I've still got family there in Calabria. So that, for me, is on the top of my bucket list. I just, but I don't want to do, when I do Italy, too, part of it, I don't want to do just Italy, hey, we're going to go there five days or three. Like, I want to do Italy, whether it's I retire or whether I spend the whole summer when I finally get a summer off. I just want to go there for, like, the minimum of a month, two months, whatever, um, and just do Italy, like not do the touristy Italy. Like just go to, go to Calabria, stay with some family, stay with some friends out there, go to the little villas, the little yeah. places here. Not like do, you know, Rome, Milan, go to the big touristy places. Just do Italy. Almost find like the Lake Placid yeah, of yeah. Italy or the Ellicottville of Italy. And just go to the the little different places there, so that's interesting that's big on my bucket list, and like I said, when I do it, I want to try to do it for at least a month, yeah, at least a month, and that's the beauty of being a teacher. You can hopefully work it out where one summer, just you're
1: able to do it able
0: to do it, able to uh take the summer off, not work um so that's one day that's the biggest thing on my bucket list mm-hmm. is Italy I don't know. Anything that you want to do, see,
1: go—I guess, I guess, like it's all right. It's still on the bucket list. One is—I was just trying to see which one is ranked higher. Okay, this one's this one's more of like a lower rank kind of thing. But I want to go to Salem on Halloween. Really? Because I heard they do it. Because Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I heard they do it up the whole like witch trials deal. Yeah, like they they do it like they. have like their their decorations and they're just you know, it's just like that fally vibe. It's like the biggest fall vibe you could get, I, and it's not that far away. No, it's I like could see six that. hours,
0: yeah. and that's definitely doable. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Obviously, I'm sure with that you'd have to probably plan that a good amount in advance because yeah. I'm sure uh, during Halloween stuff. time yeah. it's probably sold out or yep or uh, books
1: up in advance. But yeah, I could see that being a cool. I oh, could see course. that being a cool thing to do. Plus, it's like I also get to go up to the New England states. Like It's more New England-ish, so I can try to plan it out. Yeah, hit a little make it cross-country road
0: trip. Exactly. I mean, you know, drive here, drive there. So I could definitely see that. That'd be really cool. I know, right? That'd be really cool. Um, maybe we'll, we'll film on location one of these times. And All right, and start interviewing em. people? Just start interviewing people. <laughs> All right, well, I love it. Um, like I said, sectionals, uh, we're pioneer. We're coming for you tomorrow. We're, we're ready to rock. My kids are, my kids are not going to lay an egg. We're going to go out there, play our best. And hopefully, uh, next week when we tape, we'll be telling you how we're looking forward to our next opponent. Um, but Matt, thank you again, uh, for, for joining me. Yep. And we'll see you guys again next time. Again, look for us on Facebook and on Instagram at at storiesfromthesidelines. And we'll see you next time for more stories from the sidelines.